So what is self-love? No, 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 no. How does Coach Andy define self-love? She says, Welcome to Unscripted and Naked Honesty Podcast about healthy boundaries and individuality with your host, Coach Andy, master listener and queen of mommy and marriage boundaries. Married businesswomen drowning in self-doubt find her when they want to create non-negotiable boundaries in their personal and professional relationships. She teaches them how to say yes to their wants, needs, and desires, and no, to shame, anxiety, and guilt. Join us as we explore different topics related to setting healthy, non-negotiable boundaries and those topics most people won't talk about in public. Every week, we'll be discussing how to set boundaries in your life in the most brutally honest way. It's time to learn how to create a life you love behind closed doors. So activate the noise-canceling features and listen to some truth bombs because it's time to get real, raw, and ruthlessly transparent so the best version of you will always shine through. Hey guys, welcome back. Three misguided beliefs behind self-love. Ooh, self-love, self-care. What is all of this I'm talking about? You know what? Let's get into it. But first, let me say thank you for your guys' patience. I try to stick to a consistent schedule and giving you guys all of these amazing tidbits, what you ask for every week. And, you know, some things come up. And if you've been following following me on Instagram at the skinny mommy you've probably seen some of my stories where we just had a kind of a shit week <laughs> so I didn't get a podcast done that's his life but now coming back guys these three misguided beliefs behind self-love now I definitely believe that ties into self-care Because as you know me, what I've been talking about, self-care on steroids, is just beefing up basically how you nurture and first and foremost love um, yourself. And I don't mean like a manny and a petty because that's just not going to do it, okay? I think we already know this, that it does not nourish your your body and your soul and what's in line with your with your faith right we need to make sure that your mental health is great we need to make sure that your physical health is rocking and you feel like the bomb we need to make sure that your relationships are solid without causing anxiety and frustration i mean yeah there'll be moments because people suck but but you can handle it you know it doesn't like take you three steps back and then you just fell over a cliff and you're just plummeting not knowing what to do and how to handle the situation. Your toes might look good while you're falling, but they didn't do much for you. So a mani-pedi is not going to ever, ever give you true self-care where you feel emotionally, physically, and spiritually safe, seen, and loved. So let's go to the other side of the coin, which is self-love. So if we have a coin, one side is self-care, SOS self-care, of course, and then 
self-love, and of course, I'm going to add on, on steroids. All right, so what is self-love? No, 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 no. How does Coach Andy define self-love? She says that self-love is loving yourself enough to be honest about what truly needs to change within yourself. Cue long dramatic pause. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Coach Andy says self-love is loving yourself enough to be honest about what truly needs to change within yourself. Now, either some of y'all are still listening, some of y'all just, what? Or some of y'all just ain't listening anymore, and you're not going to hear this part. So, I'm changing up the game. I've already done that with self-care, now with self-love. You know, I really don't know what the general population, especially married women in business, think about self-love. I'm thinking it's probably on the realm of also self-care, but maybe more on a physical level, like the body acceptance, you know, especially if you're a mom. Our bodies change, stretch marks, saggy boobies, saggy belly, (laughs) you know, things just aren't in place anymore. Whatever it may be, there's this huge, you know, almost like a cult following. This is just my opinion, of course, of accepting body positivity, which I'm all for. I'm all for loving your body as it is. Definitely. But is that self-love? Will accepting my body change how I think about and perceive expectations in my life? Like if I wear a really killer bra and my tits look like the shit before, you know, I had kids and Jeff notices and he's like, oh, damn, you look good. I'm like, yeah, I look good. Clothes on. (laughs) No, no. Self-love is not going to do that for me because I make some changes or enhancements in my body image. Now, that's just one example. Let's get into this these misguided beliefs around self-love because one, it's not about body positivity. Let's just say that's not all of it, okay? That's like a, like if self-love, what I said about loving yourself, to be honest about what you truly need to change within yourself is the foundation, like that's the starting point. The body positivity would be like step 15. Like it's down there. It's Sure, we can include it, but it's definitely not a priority. All right, so here's our first misguided belief behind self-love. Saying that you love yourself, you adore yourself, you truly appreciate yourself, you say it, but you're not living it. So what exactly does that mean? Well, are you happy? Now, let me rephrase this question because I like to take it a step deeper because the surfacey crap that we deal with, that we see on Instagram or we hear from people, um, you know, to do for yourselves, I, I'm just like, yeah, but <laughs> like we need to go deeper because people's mental stakes, mental states, anxiety levels, stress levels, the divorce rates, they're skyrocketing people. Now, I don't have stats, but I'm sure you know somebody somewhere who's had a divorce, 
who is on some type of medication for anxiety or depression, who feels unworthy, unloved, incapable in some form or fashion. I'm sure you know somebody, and I bet it's more than one somebody's. Okay, so if we can each agree that, yeah, we know somebody like that, then we may, this may very well be true, you know, like the skyrocketing part. Like I said, I don't have stats. So you can't be like, Andy said just a lot. Yeah, I did. Okay, because a lot is relative and it's by perception. And from my perception, it's a lot. So saying it, but not living it. So being unhappy in your life. Here's the thing. And early on in my marriage and life as a mother, as a woman, um, when I started to, you know, after I got married and I, I had my family, because I was pretty happy single. I was pretty happy. I felt, I mean, I only had me, myself, and I, and that was easy for the whole first 18 years. That's all I had, basically. I basically had maybe a year on my own before I was knocked up and then, oh look, I'm getting married and all these things. So not a whole lot of me time beforehand. But after that transition over into wifehood and motherhood, I was not happy because my happiness relied on, depended on, and was expected to come from Jeff and or the kids. Now, of course, it didn't come from the kids because I already felt like they were robbing me of my, my youth. Yes, 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 I know. I made the choice to have the kids. That's not the issue here. Some of us as moms, we want our kids. That's no doubt at all. Most of us do. Let me put it that way. Most of us do. Some of us don't. I actually heard a story about a mom who really didn't want her kid. So that was sad. But <laughs> we want our kids. But at the same time, we struggle with that identity issue between being ourselves still and being a mother. And I find this true across the board, especially with women I've worked with. So being an early, like young, 19 to 20, 21, 22 year old mother, I, I couldn't find that joy and happiness authentically. It was kind of fake of being a mom. So then all that burden kind of landed on Jeff, unbeknownst to him, of course, and myself. And if he didn't make me happy, I was unhappy in my life. I did not have true authentic self-love. And so even though I appreciate, appreciated myself, me, myself, and I within who I am was not happy. Okay, now number two, the second misguided belief behind self-love is feeling shame or you feel bad when you've made a mistake. But here's the thing, not only that, and you continually remind yourself of your mistake and you might find yourself apologizing for it over and over again. So let me repeat this. You feel, you feel some type of shame or you feel bad when you've made a mistake. Either you've admitted it, someone kind of caught you in your mistake, and they're kind of being, let's, I would say on both spectrums. They're being kind of nice and, oh, don't worry about it. 
or they might be berating you for it. It really doesn't matter. But you feel bad, like you're just down on yourself. And now you're you're kind of overthinking your mistake. What should I have done better? I ought to have done this. Maybe I should have said this instead. And then you keep apologizing to the person because you're replaying the scenario and your mistake and what you did wrong over and over again, changing the story and the narrative. And then you feel like, well, since this happened, you know, like you changed your perspective because you keep overthinking it. So then you feel the need to apologize again. Yeah, that's definitely not self-love. Okay, because it's okay to make mistakes. We're human. Like, we were literally born to make mistakes. Like, literally. Y'all y'all know I'm a Christian who sometimes curses. This is why I need Jesus. But you also know that he came here for a reason. Whatever your beliefs are, but I believe Jesus came here for a reason because Andy is going to mess up. And if you're a believer, you already know that you're going to mess up. So I was born to mess up, so I'm kind of cool with it now. Now. <laughs> okay, that's the operative word here, now. But I get it. Totally get it. The shame. Now here's the thing. When I felt bad and made a mistake, I did the opposite. I did not apologize. And I started doing the blame game. If only you. Well, if you hadn't. Now that's, that's definitely not self-love and that's not loving the other person and that is a whole other episode. But let's get into the third misguided belief behind self-love and that's doing right by self, which means you do right by yourself, but it's on a temporary or short-term basis because you feel like it. Not because it's a immobile, non-negotiable boundary. So let me repeat that third one because this is kind of a doozy. So, and I will give you an example to further explain. But you do write by yourself on a temporary short-term basis. And this is almost always feelings-based. So let me go into this. So what does that mean? So let's use love languages as an example because that is definitely loving yourself enough to be honest about what truly needs to change within yourself. And one of the things I, you hear me talk about often is communicating your love language to someone because that is something you truly need as a human being who is alive and conscious in dealing with other human beings in your life. So unless you bought a private island on Fiji and you're living by yourself, yeah, you need this. Okay. So, doing right by self on a temporary short-term basis, feelings-based. So, you guys know that I have no issue at all asking Jeff for my particular love language to be met, which is words of affirmation. Number two is acts of service. And it's funny, he brought up the other day that he really doesn't do number two. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, dude is number two <laughs> like focus on the primary right and he's like but don't you want me to do you know we actually went back and forth a lot on doing these 
I, I just did a maternity shoot and I wanted to do it by myself because really I take really great photos of myself and I'm super pleased with them. But I'm also totally heavy, nine months pregnant, super uncomfortable. Being mobile is not very easy. And he's like, I want to help you. I want to help you. Isn't access service number two? I want to help you. I was like, yes, but when I, I told him when I'm sick or I'm unable to do something for myself, like I could still do the photos. It would just take forever. But, and he makes me a meal and he makes me like breakfast or my favorite things. He'll actually decorate the plate and make heart-shaped, you know, avocado bits and pieces. That's the acts of service that makes my heart swoon. Not necessarily offering to do something that I would prefer to do for myself. So that's why it's like number two. Like, you can tell me words of affirmation all day long. I'm not going to be like, yo, shut up. No, you will never hear me say that if you're giving me compliments and accolades. But when it comes to acts of service, there's quote unquote conditions to what I want help with. Okay, so that makes sense. So when it comes to communicating what you need, when it comes to your love language, when I say doing right by yourself on a temporary short-term basis feelings, some people feel like, oh, this is a great, this is great. My spouse is in a really good mood. He's super happy. He's been laughing all day. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him what my love language is now. Cause you feel like it's a good time. I don't care if your husband is grumpy. He's crapping on the pot. He just got done mowing the yard. You're sitting down for dinner. You sh I almost should have do. I don't like to say you should, but I want to say you ought to feel in your heart and soul that's in line with your faith that at any point in time you can tell your spouse what you need and when you need it. Here's the kicker. They don't have to be in the right mood as a requirement for you to tell them what you need. Let me repeat that one. That one was pretty good. Your spouse or loved one or whoever you're dealing with does not have to be in the ideal mood for you to share and communicate what you want and need. And so if you choose to be like, yeah, I last week my husband was in a great mood. We had a great connection. There was no angst between us. You know, he didn't bring up any bad vibes about his mom or my mom or, you know, in-laws or about the kids. And so... We had a great conversation, you know, at the beginning of July and I told him all about my love languages. And then like two weeks later, it's like he totally forgot and I don't feel like I can remind him. So you're going to dictate how you love yourself and how others love you because someone else, you feel like someone else just isn't in the mood. Like, if you could see my face right now, it'd be like, it's the seriously face and it's the what the f is wrong with you face. And all love, of course. <laughs> you see how I, that is not self-love. Like sometimes telling and communicating what you need based on your feelings or when you think it's great. That does not do anything for you, first of all. 
And it certainly doesn't do anything for the other person to grow within themselves. And see, that's why it's holding you back. And that's why I say it's loving yourself enough to be honest about what truly needs to change within yourself. And some of the things that need to change is setting aside your feelings and learning the ways of how to communicate in difficult situations to get what you want and need and desire within your relationships and your life. So let's recap real quick. First, we're going to recap what self-love is and the three misguided beliefs behind self-love. So remember, self-love is loving yourself enough to be honest about what truly needs to change within yourself. So number one, the first misguided belief is saying it, but you're not living it because you truly are unhappy in your life. If you removed all the variables, remove the husband, remove the kids, remove the job, remove all that, and all you had left, are you undeniably happy? with yourself fully forgiven if there are mistakes you've made which leads us to number two because number two is the misguided belief is feeling shame or bad when you've made a mistake and then you go on to continually remind yourself of your mistake and apologizing for it and it doesn't necessarily have to be to the person but just to yourself like, gosh, I'm so sorry. Or you're beating yourself up and, and you're, you're down-talking yourself. Gosh, I'm so stupid. What was I thinking? I can't believe I did this again. And you're just repeating that to yourself. And then the last misguided belief behind self-love is doing right by yourself, but it's only on a temporary or short-term basis because it felt like it was a good time in that little tiny season and then you stopped. This is not the hashtag SOS life. It's not. And I know because I lived every single one of those. And it was such a roller coaster of emotions, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts not even liking my kids, not liking my body. Gosh, it took me so long to get into that body positivity stuff, guys. Like I said, that's a totally new episode, which we'll probably get into as well. But right now we're working on your, your emotional, mental, spiritual health and nourishment and love. So you got to ask yourself, here's, here's your your action. What do you take away from this? What do you do now? One, you ask yourself, what am I truly not being honest about that needs to change? So write this down. What am I truly not being honest about myself that I need to change? And let me give you some examples. So one thing that you're not being honest about is setting boundaries, setting healthy boundaries. And one of them relating to our example about love language could be this non-negotiable boundary is no matter the day, no matter the time, no matter the season of life, 
I will ask for my love language at least once a week. Hands down, no budging, I'm asking for my love language because that needs to change within me because I need love. That's what you say. You say, I need love. So that's your action step. Now, if you're like, I have an idea of what needs to change, but I have no idea what my action step should be. I don't know if it's saying no to somebody because I really don't want to follow, not follow through, but I don't want to commit to something that you don't want to, but you feel obligated. Um, <clears throat> you just feel like, gosh, it would, I would be so helpful to them and they would really appreciate me and then I would avoid conflict. <laughs> And you're like, I don't know how to say no. Gosh, you guys, I'm not going to be the coach that says, well, just say no. I'm not going to be that kind of coach because that doesn't work <laughs> because you already know that, first of all. And there's a reason and there's a block of on why you have not said no. And that's what needs to be addressed. Maybe you need help. Like, hey, how do I say no? Well, you guys, I have my email below in the podcast notes. You guys can follow me on Instagram at the skinny mommy and always send me a DM and you can be like episode 13 and, you, and just say, I need help with. I read every single email. I look at every single DM and I see you because self-love is just as important and needs to be beefed up just as much as self-care. So we're going to put both of these on steroids. Of course, it's totally like hippie and holistic and foodie-like. And we're going to make some changes within yourself. So what do you say? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to spread the super love, please share it or post about it on social media. Feel free to also leave a rating and review. To catch all the shenanigans going on, you can follow me on Instagram at The Skinny Mommy. Just remember, I got you. Stay true to you, and I pray you feel super loved today.